into this bridge, okay? And then I want you guys all to think of this. I know we're singing in a language there that we don't really understand, but it's saying, I give you glory. And down south of us, there's an entire continent of people that are singing in a different language this morning, the glory of Jesus. And I think one thing that we can tend to do is you get so focused on where you're at, which is good, that we forget there's an entire other world there's the, the rest of the world singing praises this morning too. So instead of being like, why don't you guys join us? Why don't we join them this morning? You guys in on that? And I have a feeling there's some kids in here that you have a call to ministry. And some of you might even be called to Brazil. Or to Mexico or Honduras or Guatemala. And what if this is the start of that? So can we do that? And with the crown of thorns. You became a king forever And with a crown of thorns You became a king forever And with a crown of thorns You became a king forever And with a crown of thorns You became a king forever That's amen 
just lay it before the king and you watch what happens when you lay down you lay it all down and we just worship him and we watch dry bones rattle and come to life Saturday was silent surely it was still since when has impossible ever stopped you Disappointment, the Sunday's empty tomb. Since when has impossible ever stopped you? Come on, church. This is the sound of dry bones rattling. This is the praise that could dead man walk again. Open the grave, I'm 
Jesus. Or maybe you've been sad at home or you've been struggling with school. Believe in the miracle. God can help you with anything. It doesn't matter if it's help with school, fulfilling that commission, or, or if you're getting ready to retire, God can do it.
this place the king of glory the king of glory Keep 
church, I want to make sure you're hearing the words of the song we're singing right now. Waymaker. Can we get those on the screen, actually? Waymaker. Miracle worker. Promise keeper. Light in the darkness. I don't know what troubles you're facing right now, but I know that as a family, that daily we can be facing our troubles where we need our waymaker. We need our miracle worker. We need our promise keeper. I don't know what troubles you're facing. But right now, parents, if you have your kids here in this room, I want to encourage you. This is your moment to lead your children in worship, to do as God commanded, to step forth and to exemplify to your family what it means to lead your family one step at a time into his presence. And I'm going to ask the band to keep this song going at this, actually pick it up just a little bit. Parents, whether you have kids in this room or maybe you're here, you don't have anybody here. If you're comfortable right now with everything, I want you to turn with your family and pray over your family. We're going to take a couple minutes to just dedicate this time. Because dads, moms, women, the last time you laid your hands on your children and said, God, will you bless my child that they will come and walk in your anointed. Church, take the next couple minutes and pray over your family and the people in your rows.
okay and that you've been wanting just that prayer of a parent of a father would the dads in this church look around if you would like a dad to come pray with you would you just raise up your hand it might just be one or two dads just like is there anybody i feel like there's somebody here that has been desperate for a prayer with their dad I know this is super personal and it would take a super amount of courage to do this. And we're gonna keep going into this song. You're not gonna have to come up front. I see a hand, amen. Anybody else? Yes, we have over here, yep. Anybody, anybody else? Desperate for a prayer with your dad. All right, church, we're gonna head right back into this. We're not gonna be quiet about it. We're gonna sing our praises, okay? If you wanna come up front, you are welcome to come up front. If you wanna kneel or sit or dance or go anywhere you want to, you are welcome to. But we're gonna worship the king, okay? Not one person fatherless in this place, amen? Into the wall. 
I'm going deeper than I've ever been, than I've ever been. I'm going deeper into the stepping into and the way you're uh, just that you live and that you love those around you. You're stepping into this, this new like radical love that has almost been foreign in your generations past that they might've understood what love was, but you are getting like this new revelation of love and it's just going to about to blow your mind if it already hasn't. And you're a good man with a good call, with a radical call on your life. And you might not feel like, man, I see all these other with the, all this stuff, but I'm telling you the, the radical love that God is about to impart on you is going to be felt by many. And I feel like you have a call to ministry, but, you, but I, don't, I think it looks different than, than most people. And I feel like you have these calls and these giftings and you're like, man, I just want to use it for the Lord so bad, but I don't know how. And I want to just prophesy over you this morning that God is going to supernaturally use you in the ways that you love to be used and the things that you love to do for his glory. And that radical love is going to pour out on those around you. And you literally don't have to do anything except just worship him as you go. Just worship him as you go. He will open doors that no man can open. He will make the paths so clear for you to go. You just take one step in front of the other. And we just, as a church right now, bless our brother. And we speak the radical love of Jesus all over him. That it will just go everywhere he goes like a light. I could just see you walking in the spirit places where most people wouldn't go in ministry and walking into like dark places. I don't know if it's, it's, it's just dark spiritually, but I see this like glow around you and you're like, I don't know if I could step there and you step in the light goes in front of you, like 10 feet in front of you. God will call you to do radical things and he will have radical protection over you completely his protection over you. Do not fear. Do not fear the steps, the crazy steps as a dad. Do not fear the crazy steps as a husband. Do not fear the crazy steps in ministry. Don't fear him because he is all over you, brother. You are on my blind side and the Holy Spirit said, turn over here and what's that light? It's you. He has anointed you for this time, for this season. He has anointed you and he is readying you. realm and in your life that you'll have a level of 
listening to you that never listened to you because of his authority that he's placed on you. So when he said not being afraid about walking into situations, you won't be afraid because you've got the full authority of the kingdom of heaven. And he's just going to continue to elevate you and elevate you in authority. So we just bless you. Even when I don't see it, you work. Even when I don't feel it, you work. Never stop, you never stop working. Never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you work. Even when I don't feel it, you work. Never stop, you never stop working. goodness of God, the goodness of a father, the goodness of your love, we rest, oh we rest, oh we rest. time to transition and I don't even know how but I feel like there's one more thing the Lord wants to speak and I see a lot of moms in tears this morning moms in tears and if you're a mom in this place can you just raise up your hand can anyone around them if they're comfortable with it can you just lay your, a hand make sure every mom even if they, you can ask them if they have a red wristband on, don't do it. But we're going to pray over moms this morning. I just feel like there's, if you're not comfortable with it, it is totally, totally okay, okay? But I just see a lot of tears in moms. And I think it's a good thing, but I think there's also a little bit of, of desperation slash sorrow happening. Every, is every mom covered in here in prayer? Amen. And I feel like there's this intense, intense weight on moms like unexplainable, like dads, we feel a certain weight and we have responsibility. And when we, a lot of times we just assume what it means to cover that. And right now I just feel like we're supposed to be like just that covering, just standing beside. Sometimes we don't need to say anything except stand beside. And we come in agreement that these women, that these moms are called by God Almighty to raise, help to raise up this next generation and that the enemy we know has been trying to discourage and bring anxiety and fear. I feel like anxiety has been brought up several times. There's anxiety over moms and we just come against that in the name of Jesus Christ by his blood right now as, as dads, as, as husbands, as children, we come alongside these awesome women of God and we affirm them in their call as warriors And God, 
there's such an attack against this next generation and I don't, we don't know what to do sometimes and our emotions well up and everything wells up inside of us. So we say that you are king of it all. You are the king of glory. You are the Lord over every household at Rock of Grace. You're the king of this house. You are Lord of it all. The king of creation. The God of the universe who has called us at such a time as this to be moms and dads in this season where everything else in the world tells us to lose hope and we take hope today in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth who died and rose again and his Holy Spirit lives within every mom in this place and empowers you to love your children well, empowers you to be a, a wife that glorifies the name of Jesus, that, that is that Proverbs 31 woman that you long to be. He gives you that strength. He is the King of Kings. He empowers you by his spirit. Be blessed knowing that you have a high call that no one else has been given. You have been given, and he has entrusted you with that call. And through his Holy Spirit, you can do it. We worship you, Jesus. You are the King of kings. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated, church. Well, I don't think I mentioned it, but Pastor Jordan is actually over at the Cortland campus today, so Pastor Dave is going to be preaching, and he already preached, man. Come on, that was awesome. And it is good to be in the presence of God together, isn't it, church? He is so, so good. And now I know what Pastor Jordan feels like when he's flustered when he comes up to do announcements, because when the Holy Spirit moves, and then you're like, I have no clue where I am. So... We're going to move forward with it, with announcements. Uh, make sure, please, to fill out your Connect card that you see on the seat in front of you. That helps us to keep in touch. If there's ever been a season where it's been difficult to keep in touch, it's during this last year. So if you would just do that, that would be awesome. Um, there's family devotionals. If you didn't get them uh, on your way in, they're available on your way out. And in the foyer, please just feel free to grab those. Uh, Daddy-daughter dance. This is one of the, my favorite nights of the year. Um, it's coming up soon, February 19th. Um, you can sign up, register for that on our website. We encourage you to do that pretty soon because there's some special things that we want to do as dads, as dads for our daughters, and you need to register to get that information. Uh, the Youth Winter Retreat is coming up. And that info is right on the screen for you. It's at Big Oak Meadows, the cost, everything. You can register also on our website. Amen. So um, we are going, do we do the offering in the old school way or the new school way? The new school way. So I'm going to pray a blessing over the offering. And as you, you can either give digitally or on your way out after the service. Am I showing my age by saying new school, old school that way? Uh, so let's just pray real quick over the offering. Uh, dear Jesus, we thank you, God, that you have provided supernaturally uh, through this season where so many are struggling, struggling financially and you are pouring out blessing and you are providing for this church body to be able to continue glorifying your name. And we commit to you, Jesus, that these tithes and offerings will be used for your service and you alone. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Hi, I'm Jordan Beal, the lead pastor of Rock of Grace, and I have an exciting announcement to make today. There's been something that's been burning in my heart for almost 10 years called David University. In short, David U. This year, we're just going to start with the worship track, which is an apprenticeship that takes place every Thursday for just a few hours at our Cortland campus. If you complete the entire first year of David U, you're going to meet the requirements to be credentialed with the Assemblies of God. What's so cool is we are partnering with Ohio School of Ministry so that you can study there at our Cortland campus, allowing you to be credentialed after one year and enter ministry or even be licensed with the Assemblies of God after just two years. So what makes David U so special? When you participate with David U, you're going to be able to be mentored by people like Pastor Jordan Beal. Will Collins, Pastor Mark Beal, Pastor Justin Boyles, Pastor Ed Homer, and myself with our goal and purpose of pouring into you and helping you fulfill and determine the calling that God has placed on your life. We want you to learn the very things you are going to have to know when you enter part-time or full-time ministry. So that's sound, mixing, leading a band, using planning center, communication to a team, music theory, how to play by ear, leading multi-generational worship, piano basics. Now what's really cool, in addition to these practical things, you're going to learn about the heart of God. You're going to learn about the tabernacle of David, the tabernacle of Moses, and how all of these things in the Old Testament point us to the beauty and the revelation of Jesus Christ the Son. This is why, David, you exist. We are raising up ministry leaders, establishing God's kingdom in culture. If this resonates with you, if you have a passion in your heart to know Jesus like never before and to make him known, then David University might be the place, the ministry training program that you've been looking for. If you are interested in learning more about everything that's happening here at David U, you can email us at info at Well, in case you didn't know, one of the most awkward things as a pastor and a preacher is saying good morning to an entire crowd for the 80th time. Like, it's just one of those things, like, how many guys have already said or heard somebody say good morning to you once? Just raise your hand. Twice? Three times? Five? Maybe 10? All right, so we're not quite up that high. So I was looking on the internet this week, and I saw a meme that talked about when the pastor gets up on stage and says good morning. And the crowd doesn't really say anything. So the pastor then says, I said, good morning. And then everybody says, good morning, and they laugh. And that's, that just proves it. So the thing is, sometimes words have power. And we've got to see a little bit of what that looks like, even just today. And that was really completely unplanned. Thank you, Will, and the worship team for such an anointed moment of worship and ushering in his presence. And I think it exemplifies something that we're actually going to be talking about today. I love when we have our families together. I think there is something important about dads and moms leading their children, leading each other into his presence. Because sometimes we limit those experiences, though, to church. But I want to challenge you as a dad, as a mom, to take those moments home. Take those experiences home. 
When was the last time you prayed over your child in your child's presence at home or in the car? When was the last time we stepped forward and really said, you know what? I'm going to show my child at all times what it means to live with God first. It doesn't mean I'm not gonna make mistakes. This doesn't mean I'm gonna slip up and say something I didn't mean to. What that means is when I make those mistakes that I show my kids what it means to turn and repent towards God. Because words have power. For those of you who uh, grew up in the days before a lot of the extra technology, we've got sticks and stones may break my bones, but words, oh, you know it. Words will never hurt me. That's not the truth, is it? No. So RSK, all the kids that you've been a part of it, you guys know that all month we've been talking about the game of life. And how many of you guys have ever played that board game? Adults, kids, anybody? The game of life. And you go around and you have all these stop moments. You get your little peg people. You get your little peg spouse, your little peg husband and wife. You got your little peg children. And you go around and you stop. And you have these life events. You get the life tiles. And eventually the goal is to get to the end of the game with as much money as possible. We messed up this game really bad. <laughs> really, really bad. But there's one thing that's true with life. is sometimes we actually treat it like a game. Don't we? How many times do we just want to get by by the seat of our pants? I didn't study for that test that I was supposed to for school. I didn't do all the work I needed to to be prepared for that meeting at work. We just hope, like, I'm just going to get by and, like, just figure this thing out so I can just get home and do the things that I really care about. And we treat life like a game. And here's the problem is when we treat life like a game, we treat the words that come out of our mouth like a game as well. Because a lot of times we're intentional with our actions, but we're not always intentional with our words. I remember growing up, and I have a sister. She's just about two years younger than me. So if you guys are in this room and have siblings, you know what it means to have an argument with your sibling. It's never just this calm discussion, is it? No. No. It gets brutal sometimes. Sometimes it might get physical. Sometimes it might just get very verbal and loud and mom or dad has to get in the middle or sometimes the younger sibling that doesn't understand says, stop fighting. It's adorable, but we need to stop. But here's the thing. I remember in high school, my sister and I were arguing. But like all arguments, many years later, I don't know what in the world we were arguing about. How many of you guys have had that argument? Maybe it's with a sibling, a spouse, your child, your parent, where you're arguing and you remember the argument, but you don't remember what you argued about. I'm pretty sure that's all of us. That's exactly what was happening. I cannot tell you to this day what my sister, her name is Joanna, what the two of us were arguing about. But I remember how the argument ended. I was working on the computer. She said something to me, and I don't remember what I said. I don't remember what she said, but I knew what I said was sassy. I said something sassy and turned around, and all of a sudden, I feel this thing collide with the back of my skull. It was the television remote. 
It was a clunker, too. You know, it wasn't one of those ones. It was like one of those TVs. You know, like, you guys know what I'm talking about, where you upgrade your TV. So where does the TV that's not quite broken, but it's a little bit out of date go? It might go in your basement. It might go in a kid's room. It might go somewhere else. It's like you're now secondary TV that you don't care if something happens to it, right? So this was that old school CRT TV, the big ones that weighed like 150 pounds, that also had the remotes that weighed like 10 pounds. So this thing was just, it was a chunk. And I remember, I, I know, I, I'm reenacting my sister here, and she chucked it at my head. And bam! And all that started because of something we said to each other. How many times does an argument start because of something physical versus something we speak? The others happen, but not nearly like when we speak something, when we communicate something. Today, we're going to be talking about a rule that I try to live by every day, and that doesn't mean we make mistakes. You know, my wife and I were just arguing yesterday, and we had to apologize to each other at the end because when you get heated, you're like, oh, man. You know what? I said something I didn't mean. I'm sorry. I mean, that happens, right? We all like to ignore that fact of marriage and of relationships, but sometimes we get in arguments with each other. And how we apologize and how we come to terms with each other is being a part of being an adult and living out what Christ is asking us to do in our lives. But this rule comes out of the book of Ephesians. So if you guys have Bibles with you, you're going to open up to Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to be looking at verse 29. I know you guys are eager to know why I have a ladder up here, and we will get there. I promise. Now, as you guys return into that, Paul got, he wrote many letters that he used, and we now see as books of the Bible. He wrote 13, in fact. He wrote the most books of the Bible that we see today, which is just crazy when you, if you know Paul's story. And he traveled from city to city. He did three missionary journeys and he helped plant churches throughout Eastern Europe and Eurasia. And after he left a place, he would follow up with them with a nice letter. That's nice. Who doesn't like getting a letter, especially now when everything's email and digital? So he would follow up with them. Anybody in school before uh, digital stuff, do you guys have pen pals? Maybe you write a letter to somebody in another country or maybe another school or a neighboring district or something like that. It's like, it's fun to write letters and see how people are doing. But Paul encourages people with this, Ephesians 4.29. And it says, don't let any evil talk come out of your mouths. Say only what will help to build others up and to meet their needs. Then what you say will help those who listen. This isn't a sermon on a whole section of scripture or a whole chapter or the whole book. But sometimes we forget to look at that one or two sentences that are so powerful. Don't let any evil talk come out of your mouths. Other translations might say other things, but it's all point to the same thing. We need to watch what we say. We need to watch our mouths. I was the kid that when I said something I shouldn't, I had a bar of soap or that liquid soap is worse in my mouth. Maybe you've had that experience. Maybe you haven't. So you know, like, good, you're, you're learning to use your words wisely. Church, we need to follow Jesus with this. We need to follow Jesus to learn that we need to not say 
things that are evil. But I'm going to talk about what that looks like. Because sometimes we say something and we mean it one way, but the words actually say something different. Has that ever happened to anybody in this room? I'll raise both my hands. It's like, man, like I, this is what I meant, but I'm in trouble because this is what I said. Or this is how it came out because I wasn't aware of who I was saying this to. And how many guys know sometimes you have to word things differently depending on who you're talking with because of personality and who God has put in front of us at that moment? If there's one thing we need to remember today, it's that I must honor Christ with my words. I must honor Christ with my words. See, all the time we talk about how we can honor Christ with our actions and how we serve and how we move and do these things. But we forget that uh, we need to say the right thing. We need to honor our actions. We need to honor Christ with my words. Because here's the thing. Our words can build people up, right? Or they can tear people down. They can break people down. We must honor Christ through our words. And for those of you who are visual in this room, I've got an aid up here. And this is going to help us. I'm actually going to call Will up, and he's got a helper coming on up. I don't remember who he's bringing up with him. Um, But I'm going to ask them to come on up. And they're going to help me show everybody, especially those of us who like to see things, what the power of our words looks like. Okay, so, you know, come on up here. Uh, Tim, I'm going to use this microphone. I don't know if you're in here. So, I turned it back on. So, awesome. So, uh, Will, tell everybody your name. Will. And, Will, what is your favorite flavor crayon? Uh, I like orange crayons. I don't like to eat them. Okay, okay. We'll pray for you. And what is your name? And Andrew, what is your favorite crayon? Favorite flavor crayon? What do you mean? <laughs> when, when you were very little, if you ate a crayon, what flavor would you eat? Blue. Blue. I'm a fan of the, the crayons that, like, the Crayola factory had where you can mix them and do the different ones. I like the multi-flavors. And it's the same thing that's true with all of my, uh, anything I eat. I like the multi-flavors together. So I need one of you guys to take the ladder and one of you guys to... Take the seat. So I'm going to give you the ladder, Andrew. Are you okay climbing a ladder? Okay, you go. All right. All right. I'll follow. You'll follow your instructions. Now I'm going to give you a little bit of this. This is just water, okay? Okay. Okay, so it won't hurt. So I'm going to give you guys. We're going to do a scenario game. All right. And this first scenario is easy. These two represent the same person but they're going to represent how our actions and our words impact us differently, whether we realize it or not. So this first scenario, your friend or your coworker is having a tough day. You can tell them to either stop crying about it, you're really bothering me, or I'm here to listen anytime you need to talk. Now let's make this simple. If you think option one is the best option to do, hold up a one. If you think option two is the best option, hold up two. 
I don't see any ones, and that is, you know, for the best, unless you're a joker. So option number two is the better option. Would we all agree? Yes. So, it, Will, if you're having a rough day and I said what option number two was for you, would you feel better? You would. You know what? Can you take two steps up that ladder for me? We're helping build Will up in this moment. But now, Andrew, how would you feel if you were having a rough day and somebody said, you know what, get over it? Would you feel good or bad? You'd feel bad, wouldn't you? So you would feel bad, yeah. Nobody, would anybody feel good if you were told, you know, you're having a rough day, get over it, you're annoying me? Crazy. It would be like a little rainy day. So I'm just going to do this little squirt over here. It's not much. It's just a little water. <laughs> it's having a rainy day right now. Because even if somebody upset you, do we always show it? No. What do we do? If we're at work or we're at school and somebody makes me upset, what do I tend to do? I actually try to cover it up because I don't want people to know that I'm upset. I don't want that person to know that they hurt me, that they offended me. So we don't always see the rainy day. (laughs) If you didn't shower this morning, you're welcome. We don't always see that rainy day. Maybe that's you. Maybe you stepped into work, you've gone to school, and you just come from a place where, you know what, my day's already rough. And people say something and it makes it worse. And I'm just trying to hold it in and just get through the day and not let anybody know that I'm having a rough day. And then somebody later comes on. And again, we get to our next scenario. Now, this one's going to get a little more real. You're planning to get together with some friends or family, but because of the pandemic, some people choose to not show up unless there's proper social distancing and mask wearing. You can say option one. I understand your caution and respect your decision to do what you feel is best for you. Maybe we could FaceTime you in so you could still join us when we're all together. Or option two, you're being ridiculous and complying with the government and surrendering your freedoms. Wake up, you sheep. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I know I'm poking fun at something that is very real today, but here's the thing. Many of us might have come close to saying either one of those. And we might feel that what we're saying is the right thing. Because if I feel that option two is the best option, I'm not weighing out how I'm saying it. If I'm weighing out option one, I also have to weigh out how I say it, don't I? Because how many know you can say something that you believe is true and it still comes off wrong and actually hurts what you're trying to say? And I'm not going to tell you which one is the right one. But what I'm saying is we need to watch how we say it and what we do with it. And that's really hard right now. It's really hard for us to know exactly what to do and what's the truth and what's the lie and what do we do with this 
And how do we move forward? And how do I respect you? But how do I ask you to respect me in turn? Let me ask you a question, Andrew. Has this been confusing for the past year with like what's happening with the pandemic? Yeah. Yeah, it's been very confusing. How many adults have feel that way too? Absolutely. And sometimes when we get confused, what happens to our insides, our emotions? They get stirred up, right? And what happens when we get emotional and stirred up? We tend to speak out of character. So let's go back. Regardless of which side of the stance you are about mask wearing, look at how these are phrased. Which one is the one to build up? Option one or option two? Option one. And the sole reason is option two reverted to name calling. It's not changing somebody's opinion, but it's showing value, saying, you know what, I see your difference, but I'm going to respect your difference. And I'm not going to belittle you for it. So, Will, can you take two more steps up? <laughs> I'm not going to make him go past the safety step. <laughs> but, man, if, again, if somebody came over to you and they didn't respect you and they called you names for your opinion, Will, you've never been so tall. And you're probably getting double shine from the double ball, too. But man, somebody's calling poor Andrew names. He's having a really rainy day. But here's the thing. He goes home and doesn't say anything about it. Sometimes we try to hold on to those moments, those rainy days, right? And we don't see how our words impact somebody else. Don't you wish you had an umbrella right now? A little bit. One more. All right. So, Will, I'm going to ask you to come down. Andrew, you can stay right there. So we can just see in these two moments, while they're fun and humorous, Will's not dripping. Andrew is. Our words, whether we see it or not, do have impact. Dads and moms and people in this room, when you got to pray over your child, during worship today, pray over your family, I guarantee you that that was words that was building up your family. When we were praying over moms, is there any mom that's not gonna feel encouraged with that? I've never been a mom, but I'm assuming that if you were a mom and you were prayed over, that you were feeling encouraged. And sometimes you're gonna say, you know what, Pastor Dave? I'm not the person that speaks these things. I don't do that. I do watch what I say. But sometimes I actually miss when somebody else is feeling like this. Oh, you really are wet. (laughs) Sometimes we miss that. And God is calling us to not just not say negative things, but God is calling us to speak life into other people because our words can build people up or break others down. Well, I'm going to give you this umbrella. But this umbrella isn't quite for you. Can you go and stand behind your son? 
So here's the thing. What if we used our words, church, as a witness of faith? Colossians 4, 6 says, let the words you speak always be full of grace. Learn how to make your words what people want to hear. Then you will know how to answer everyone. Here's what this doesn't mean. This doesn't mean we don't speak truth. Because the gospel is offensive, right? But that means we let the Holy Spirit do what the Holy Spirit does. And I do my job. And it's not my job to make the Bible offensive to somebody. It's my job to share the gospel and let the Holy Spirit do the convicting. And what we can do is fulfill what Colossians says. That my words always be full of grace. That when we see that person that we don't always acknowledge or recognize at our work, at school, even if it's on Zoom or whatever we're using today, that we can affirm and we can lift people up. So instead of Andrew getting squirted, here's what your words will do. Will, you can lower that umbrella a little bit more. The words... Build somebody up. It's not that we're just supposed to speak negative or not speak negative, but we're supposed to speak words full of grace. Because here's the thing. Even if somebody's speaking bad to you, even if somebody made you feel like garbage, if a completely different person that same day came to you and said something positive to you, said something affirming to you, how would that turn around your day? I know I would feel better with it. Sometimes we forget that we have to be this person too. It's good to not say something bad, but it's bad to not say something good. It doesn't mean that we have to be people pleasers, but it means that we speak truth and grace in all the moments, that we answer truthfully, but we can do it in love, with love, in a way that somebody's actually going to hear what's being said. Kids in school, how many times have your teacher had to explain something in two different ways? Not necessarily to you, but sometimes for kids on one side of the room and sometimes for kids in the other half of the room because of how we learn and how we hear things. And there's nothing wrong with that because we all learn differently, right? I'm the guy that loves Excel spreadsheets. That's a small group of people. But other people really love visual stuff like this. So it's all good. But you know what? Thank you, Will and Andrew. Can you give them a round of applause for helping make this point? You can take that umbrella down with you. See, what if we used our words as a witness to our faith? What if we actually used our words to not just show, but so people can hear that we follow Christ? We can disagree with somebody and simultaneously show Christ in how we word things, in what we say. Right. It's kind of like for those of you guys when you get older and for those of you who are married have been in a relationship, when you just start dating the person, you're really choicy in what you say, aren't you? And what you do. But then we become complacent. And that's when the arguments start to happen because I don't care as much or I'm not watching as much as what happens. 
But it's the same truth in all of our relationships and in our lives where we, become, where we become so content in who we are that I forget that others have feelings and others have different aspects and understandings of these things. We may never know if the person that we're speaking to is in a rainy day or not. But that doesn't mean we don't speak words of grace to them. That doesn't mean we don't jump into these moments. If we could throw some music on in the background as we conclude. Church, you can be that friend that holds the umbrella. You can be that friend to that person where you know that they are having a rough day that they are having a moment, that they don't know what to do, but that you can come in and you can speak something positive and you can speak grace into their life. Will you be an umbrella holder? Will you join me in saying, I'm going to go, and when I'm at checkout at the store, that I say something nice to the person that's behind the cash register, that I can ask my waiter or waitress, how can I pray for you? How can I support you? How can I encourage you today? Some of the best moments of ministry I've ever seen and been a part of is having a conversation with my waiter or waitress, asking, how can I pray for you? And the conversations and the stories that I've had through those moments are life-changing. Parents, what would it look like if we took that time to speak those things over our children, our bosses, our spouses? Kids, students, what would it look like if we spoke those things to our siblings, our parents, our teachers? our aunts, our uncles. Does that mean we're not going to mess up? No. But that means that I know to say, you know what? I messed up and I said something I shouldn't have. I'm sorry. Because sometimes there's no feeling like somebody apologizing too, right? Because an apology is something that builds somebody up. Because it says, I value you enough to tell you I made a mistake towards you. And I guarantee everybody likes feeling valued in this room. So looking at what the rest of the scripture says, Ephesians 4, 29 through 32. says, don't let any evil talk come out of your mouths. Say only what will help you build others up and meet their needs. Then what you say will help those who listen. Be kind and tender to one another. Forgive one another, just as God forgave you because of what Christ has done. Get rid of all hard feelings, anger and rage. Stop all fighting and lying. Don't have anything to do with any kind of hatred. Do not make God's Holy Spirit mourn. The Holy Spirit is proof that you belong to God. And the Spirit is the proof that God will set you completely free. We must ask the Holy Spirit to guard our speech, to help us guard our speech. Because the Holy Spirit gives us freedom to open our mouths. But he's not preventing us from asking him, how do I use it?
Maybe you've been in this room and you've prayed, God, how are you going to use me? But when was the last time we said, God, how are you going to use my words? How can I use my words to glorify you today? Who needs to hear of your love? How do you want me to pray for my child, my spouse, my parent? Our words have power. And Christ is asking us to not speak evil, but to speak fullness of grace. I'm so grateful for the opportunity we had in worship today to pray over our families, to pray over each other, to pray over the moms. Because that is proof that we belong to God. Our words are proof that we are his. Actions are part of it. But when our actions don't match our words, our proofs collide. But what if our proofs furthered our witness? Kids, sometimes it's hard to talk about Jesus at school with friends, isn't it? Adults, it's the same thing at work too, right? But just the way we walk, the way we talk, and how they support each other, they show others who Christ is. Because I'm going to love on the person that society tells me to not love. I'm going to fight the person that community tells me to fight. But instead, I can cheer them on. I can encourage them. And I can befriend the person that loves differently than me. I can befriend the person that believes differently than me. I can support a person in a decision even if I disagree with them. The Bible calls that compassion. And Jesus had plenty of it. And he showed it through his words. Holy Spirit, we thank you for this reminder of what it means to use our words wisely, that we recognize our words are a tool and a gift from you to speak your word, to speak your gospel into our communities, the families that you have trusted us with, that you allow us to see these moments and to choose our words with intent and purpose, knowing that what I say can lead a person to know you more, whether I realize it or not. I pray a prayer of blessing over each family member here, each person, each man and wife and woman and child and everything else, that you continue to allow us to see you, that you continue to allow us to ask you into our lives and to watch and guard our hearts and to guard our words, that our words can be used to speak grace and mercy. Be with us today. Help us drive home safely in the snow until we can come back again to worship you as a church next week. In your name we pray. Everybody said, amen. amen. On your way out, find three people and tell them something that you would want to hear. But tell it to them. Have a great day, Rock of Grace.
Jesus.